Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Short & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Wherever you are right now, take a look around. Whether you're at home or at work, in the car, or your bike, or in a restaurant like I am, it's almost 100% certain that you'll see someone looking at their phone. Maybe that someone is you. Both of my lunch guests today would like you to put the phone down and get some exercise. Tanya Han is the owner of a company called Han Enterprises. Han Enterprises installs commercial gym equipment and all the components, big or small, that go into outdoor playgrounds and sports stadiums. That includes everything from bleachers to monkey bars, and scoreboards to trash cans. If you're wondering where in New Orleans you can see Tanya's work, well, the answer is pretty much everywhere from the Superdome to every single school in Orleans Parish. Tanya, welcome out to lunch. Thank you very much, appreciate being here. <laughs> Lee Isaacson would like you to put your phone down and get out into the real world with your dog. But first you need your phone to use Lee's app, it's called Dig. Dig is a dating app aimed specifically at dog owners. If you're a single person whose dog is an important part of your life, Dig filters out possible partners who don't like dogs, and it puts dog lovers on a path to find love with a human. Lee, welcome down to lunch. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Tanya, we're hearing a lot in the news these days about the United States placing tariffs on steel to protect American steel manufacturers. Of all the businesses that might be affected by these tariffs, most of us wouldn't immediately jump to wondering about the fate of a playground equipment installation company in New Orleans. But I understand the steel tariffs have actually already had an impact on your business. Is that true? It is true. And the tariffs haven't even been put into um, effect yet. It's just the threat of the tariffs and prices are skyrocketing already. We've already seen 4 to 5% increase in all of our products from shades, which have the steel posts that hold right. them up, to the playground equipment that have the aluminum or steel posts that hold the decks up and the climbers. Um, our indoor bleachers have steel understructure. So it's just almost 90% of our products have been affected already just with the threat of the tariff. Now, I would imagine or hope you can pass those costs on to customers because everybody's going to be in the same boat, right? One would think and hope. <laughs> However, comma, when you give a customer a price and say that price is good for 30 days and they call back at 31 days and you say, I'm so sorry, that's gone up 6%, typically they that doesn't go well. don't... Yes, they don't like to be to talk to the messenger, unfortunately. The good news is that the news fluctuates every day with what is actually going to happen. So people with level heads, I hope, are going to prevail. And we'll all come back down and say, hey, folks, let's just calm down. Let's realize the far-reaching ramifications of this. And let's just get back to the negotiated table. Lee, a dating app for dog lovers is one of those ideas that divides people into two camps. People who don't care about dogs roll their eyes and think it's stupid. People who love dogs think it's absolutely brilliant. 
And that's kind of the whole point of the app. People who love dogs can't love a person who doesn't love dogs. But despite the fact that you've identified a sizable and active niche market, you're up against established industry leaders in dating app business like Match.com and OkCupid. How do you get established before they see how clever you are and simply do dog lovers divisions of their own apps? It's a great question because we're actually talking to them already. These are companies like Match Group that has acquired 48 different dating apps. So part of our game plan is to work with some of these bigger companies in the future. We've got an option to work with the big dating app world, but we also have another option of working with the big dog world as well. So we're bringing the digital dog bowl, if you will, an opportunity for uh, dog companies to work with us in a lot of different levels. Uh, and we found, like you said, the niche market for the dog people who are single. 55% of single adults in the U.S. are pet owners. So it's niche. That's a huge niche. And yeah. then we don't just cater to people who have dogs, but people who love dogs too. You don't have to have a dog to be on the app. We know not all dogs get along, so you might want to find someone who loves your dog as much as you do and not bring another one That's into a good the question. app. question. Do you have a little box checking out so that a Rottweiler isn't with a Chihuahua or something? You can search for someone with a dog or without a dog based on your needs. You can also search for dog size. So that ends up helping a lot of those questions. Wow. There's a, and I had heard a story where you actually, uh, you were dating a guy who wasn't a dog lover and that was the end of it. It's actually my sister. I love when people ask this question. I just get to throw my sister under the bus. <laughs> she was she was dating a guy who really, I think, tried to be a dog lover for her. But by the end of the relationship, he didn't even want the dog in his apartment. He would put the towel down on the oh. couch and said, can you just leave the dog at home? This is a part toy poodle. This looks like a teddy bear. This is yeah. not a big, you know, slobbery dog coming into your apartment. So she's said, I wish I just knew from the start that we weren't going to get along because of the dog. Your app would have straightened that out. Exactly. We've talked to so many people who have had similar situations because the dog is such an important compatibility issue. It's your home life already. Yeah. A lot of people, it's the starter baby, you know, it's uh, that would, that would make a lot of sense. Now, I, I got to ask you, is do you bid on these, these jobs when it's with schools and all? And also, does being, a, being local and being a woman-owned business, does that help in the process? So we bid on 90% of the jobs that we get, whether it's a formal bid um, or what's called an RFP, a request for proposal. Um, being a woman-owned business is sometimes a good thing, and sometimes you walk into a meeting and there are 62 men, and you're the only female, and I walk right up to the front of the table, and I sit down and I go, y'all are gonna listen to me, because at the end of the day, sometimes women, know how to make peace amongst everybody and just go hey folks we're all here for the final goal we want to build this school i want to give them a great playground so help me to help you so. and you know when you think about it um you in your way you've had an impact on every child in orleans parish right we have been very fortunate that since the storm, every school that has been rebuilt or refurbished, we have done some part in that project. And it's just neat to drive along and go, oh, and we did this here, and we did this here, and we did this here, and to see kids out there, um, you know, sports and play is just such an integral part in the development of children. And also it brings me very fond memories because I played sports as a child, and I remember the games that my parents were at. And it really, 
you know, helped me to realize I was loved or I was cared about. And so I'm hoping that those kids are getting that same feeling when they're out there playing sports or on their playground and, and their parents are there. Tony, you're better than me because I go by playgrounds all the time, but I would never think there was a business in there. How did you get started? So I went to Tulane, and in my sophomore year... You were I, a monkey bars major, I, I remember yes, that. It was a, sociology, close enough. <laughs> uh, and so I decided that I loved New Orleans and I wanted to stay, and I did everything I possibly could in New Orleans, meaning I went out a lot. And I decided I didn't need to ask my parents for any more money, so I should get a job. So I answered an ad, and it was a company that did exactly this. And so it, literally it was fate, but it's also one of those things where there was an opportunity, and I took it, and it changed the rest of my life, and I've been in that industry ever since. So that's been 31 years. And um, business, I mean, do you, uh, is business good? I mean, do you, are there more projects? I would think at some point you've done it all, but that's not really that's the case. That's the thing. People go, really, Tanya? How many playgrounds can you sell? <laughs> I'm like, you would be amazed at how many playgrounds there are out there. And we have our contractor's license not only in Louisiana, but Mississippi and Arkansas, too. So 90% of our work is in Louisiana, but 10% is in those other two states. And I would guess probably 50% of the overall business is done in New Orleans. So we, this is our big home base here. And you think about how visible playgrounds are. I mean, give a good example. The uh, When the NFL comes here for the Super Bowl, they have the guys build a playground. That's kind of the, it's like a great it's a great project. Everybody sees it, can be involved. Absolutely, yes. And and the good news is that a lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes, the scenes with, say, Nord C, the Nord Commission, um, with the different the Orleans Parish School Board has a lot of projects in the works. And it's just nice that they realize the value of play. And, Lee, I, maybe I'm just, maybe that's the kind of guy I am, but do people ever fake being a dog person just to get on the dating site? This is something I would do. I mean, a friend of mine would do. And this I, is something is I would do. <laughs> I am so glad you asked that. It's a huge problem. No. Yeah, this is a stat, and I hope uh, NPR can handle hearing this word on the radio. But guys are seen as 24% sexier when they're holding a dog in a picture compared to when that same person is not. Whoa. I yes. Love that. That that is there's also if you yeah, if you can't find a mate holding a puppy, there's something wrong. And so you've got a lot of people who are borrowing their friends' dogs oh, to take no. pictures. You have to learn that. It's not necessarily the main reason we started it, but we saw that it was a great market opportunity because there's all this behavior out there on other apps. People recognizing that people are looking for dog lovers and taking advantage of it a bit. So on our app, you have to say whether you have a dog or do not have a dog. And we encourage people without dogs on there. Maybe you want to find someone you can get a puppy with in the future, for example. That is, there has to be, because I, when I first booked you on the show, I, there was some confusion. I kind of thought it was a dating app for dogs. So <laughs> people must think this. In fact, I told my own dog about it, Lucky. He was so thrilled that you were coming on. And um, <laughs> he started humping your leg. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I was thinking about when you see somebody with their animal, I guess that maybe tells you a little bit about the kind of person they would be in a, in a family, right? Exactly. You are more likely to be empathetic, um, responsible, athletic. There are studies that show you live longer with pets. So basically, everyone should be looking for a dog person. These are some of the traits that you look for no matter if you're a dog person or not. It's just that dog people have these capabilities you know right from the start you don't have to worry about. And little things like 
you know, does he bring a poop bag? That's a does huge a, one. A, <laughs> a huge does one. he have a choke collar? Yeah. You know, these are the kind of things. Wow. Yeah, I think this would this would work out for the dog, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the, no, okay. No, no, we're going back. To, <laughs> Sorry. So much confusion I'm in this show, but uh, they, so much confusion <laughs> here. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question. I'm sorry sure. to jump in, but sure. do you work on dog parks at all? I do. Absolutely. It's a brand new kind of, and Christine, my assistant, is here. It's, yes, dog parks are a huge, becoming huger for us because every, almost every private place that we have put a uh, playground, they've called us back and said, and do you do dog parks, like apartment complexes, places like that. Yeah. So, it's, yes, I'll get your card. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> well, across the country, it's, I'm going to get this statistic wrong, but one of the top things that cities are putting money into in terms of public space is actually the dog side uh, with this trend of how much, uh, how many more people are getting dogs, what people are really looking for out of their city. Dog parks are booming. I live in Gretna and they just put in a brand new dog park in McDonoughville that I love. You'll usually find me there. So I'm really interested to hear your side of it. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Lee Isaacson, co-founder of Dig, the dating app for people with dogs, and Tanya Han, owner of Han Enterprises, who install playground and sports stadium equipment. Tanya and Lee, this is the part of the show we call another great idea. Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got a great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity you should jump on. Now, you can take advice like this, and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that may have really turned out pretty great. Or you can take your friend's advice, and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had a great idea for you? Did you take their advice, and how did it turn out? Uh, Tanya? So I was also a rugby player. I played rugby for 21 years. And rugby's a wonderful sport, just to put a little plug in. that It's a wonderful sport. It's gaining popularity in the city now, both women's and men's. Um, so my best friend, who's now single with dogs, so I'm going to tell her about your app. Mm-hmm. Her husband at the time, George, was our rugby coach. And he was also coach of um, some select side teams. And he looked at me one day and he said, you know, Tanya, being a coach sometimes is hard, but most of the time players select themselves. So in life, you can select yourself. And I looked at him and I didn't really get it because I was in my 20s and, you know, I was blah, 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 you know, just blowing smoke. But when you think about it, you really do. You know, you know to get on a team that you have to put in the time, you have to train, you have to be fit, you have to listen and learn and practice to make a team in business and in life. You know, you have to show up. You have to be present. You have to listen to people and be interested in what they are, or listen to what their interests are. So you can select yourself by being that positive person that people want to be around in the sales industry. And I could sell widgets. It just so happens I sell playgrounds and bleachers and basketball goals. But I love what I do because I've selected something that makes me happy. So that's, you know, my advice to everybody. Do something that makes you happy and select yourself for that. So life gives you... Self-selection. I've never heard that term. Mm -hmm. That's great. Just saying, you can make lemonade out of anything. Lee? My turn? (laughs) Yes, your turn. (laughs) Back when I was a reporter, I had... um, I had a lot of struggling because I have this big, beautiful, curly hair. 
and it sounds like a silly piece of advice. Um, and it's radio, this helps. If you go on, yeah, if you can picture me, just picture the wildest, bushiest, like out of control hair. It does not work for TV news, right? And so every day I would spend hours trying to get my hair straight and perfect looking for TV because you want people to pay attention to what you're saying and not what you not look like. Hair, and yes. I understood that. Uh, and I turned to another reporter and I went through my daily routine and I said, I can't figure out how to just get my hair right. And she said, well, what shampoo do you use? And I said, well, the cheapest one on Amazon, I don't know, whatever. And she said, well, how can you have nice hair without nice shampoo? And that sounds like such a silly piece of advice, but it's about breaking down your problem and really simplifying your problem, not overanalyzing it. If I had a hair problem, I should look to the shampoo problem. And I've used that throughout the rest of my life, is if something seems really complicated, bringing it down, breaking it down to the beginning and saying, well, am I using the right shampoo? That is a good thing to remember. There's, and your markets where you worked, I checked this, is uh, New Orleans, Syracuse, and West Africa? Yes, That's Namibia. A, yes, yeah. there's, uh, there's <laughs> you were doing sports there, I believe. As they, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I might have sold you the soccer goals. You never know. In real life, I was the um, producer for their nationally assembly election specials for President Haifike Punya Pohamba. Can you imagine how long you spent trying to pronounce that? Six months. Six yeah. months Six working months on right. that. <laughs> <laughs> and your interesting expertise, because you, you teach at Tulane on this idea of covering disasters. That's all. You, did you just get good at that from living in New Orleans? or? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. No, a, a combination of um, really seeing how people use the media either in business or in communications and disasters, how people use the media against us as terrorists, and what we can all learn from press coverage and the difference between hysteria and spreading news on purpose. Uh, and so I found a lot of combination in that in what I teach and in business. You know, I, I pretty much know how Tanya makes your money and it makes sense, but how do you make money on this, this dating app? On the app itself, we have three features to help you plan a dog-friendly date. So you can search for dog-friendly locations near you, you get a daily deal from pet companies, okay, and tips or go. tricks of the day from vets and trainers. And companies pay us to be featured in those locations. Oh, now if they buy the product, uh, do you get a piece of that or you just charge them ad space? So. Right now it's just ad space. We do a lot of trading for marketing too to get the word out about the app itself. Are you, are you thinking of scaling? Yes. It seems like a something pretty easily scalable. I, I don't know how you'd have a, an opening. I guess you'd have a, just a bunch of dogs in a park and get started <laughs> that way. But yeah, you're actually in another mar you're in other markets already. Yes. So we for a dating app to work, you have to have a lot of people in one place so people can match with each other. So we are launching city by city, and our plan is to launch in 25 cities by the end of this year. We throw big dog-friendly events, especially at places like dog parks. Like dog parks, yes. great. So, so I'll follow and see where your uh, new ones are popping city up, park. and we can launch together. Yeah, I'm dog so glad park. you met each other. It's Tanya, when we think of playgrounds, uh, and we hear about things like midnight basketball and all that, you know, it's always thought of as a, as a not only a good thing to keep kids busy, but also to you know keep them out of trouble. And then, of course, the other thing that makes the headlines every day here is childhood obesity. So you're involved in some big issues. There are many issues, right? Childhood obesity. We were talking earlier about putting your phone down and paying attention. So many parents have their phones out and not paying attention to their children. And then the children grow up thinking that that's appropriate behavior and they can sit on their phone instead of get out there to play. 
So there are a lot of initiatives that are out there. It's, I think, what is it, Play 60 yeah. that um, the Michelle Obama did yeah. or the NFL right, did? Yeah. Yep. Telling kids to go out and play. I don't think this was an issue as a child. Well, and you know, they're doing away with a lot of um, recess at schools. So now they have It's the only six, reason I went. Well, is that, I understand. <laughs> However, you know, it's it's tough nowadays because there's so much going on and everybody is so centered on time and getting in and out and getting your things done that, you know, we do just take time. Everybody, everybody, probably children and adults alike should take a little time just to breathe and, you know, smell the roses or go play or go jog or go play soccer or take your kids to the park or play some pickup basketball with your friends. Just get out there and do it. Whether you're going to play sports or go walk your dog and meet the future love of your life, putting the phone down and getting outside is a smart move. Uh, Tanya and Lee, you're encouraging us to be more active and to go find love. What could be better than that? It's been great to meet you. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Tanya Hahn, owner of Hahn Enterprises, and Lee Isaacson, co-founder and CEO of DIG. You can find out more about Tanya's equipment and Lee's app by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to this show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and its New Orleans Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at LaFleurPhoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Shewart & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness. Thank you.